Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org friendshipwithgod.org or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. And he sees the husks flying, the corn soaked flying, and they eat up the fat ears. And, and then we can see him worry that the thin ears, they don't change after they ate up the fat ears. They're still thin. They're still awful looking. They're all shriveled up. They're dried up from this hot desert wind. And so all this is really disturbing to Pharaoh, and it's disturbing to his spirit. And then the interpretation that Joseph gives to him is all the more disturbing, and it's causing him to worry. Because he's saying, because what Joseph is telling him is that it's kind of confirming his worst fears. This wasn't going to be just a little... I don't know what he could have thought. But anyway, this was a worldwide famine that's going to come. That's going to devour and destroy Egypt. Now, at this point, Joseph is carefully watching Pharaoh as he's becoming more and more agitated, more and more disturbed with the interpretation. And then we see Joseph do something just wonderful. It's just like Joseph. You know, he takes the hand of trembling, frightened Pharaoh And he says, look, I know you're afraid of the future, so I just want you to take my hand, Pharaoh, and let me lead you back to the most important and reassuring truth about your dreams. I want you just now, Pharaoh, just take my hand. Don't worry about how all the people are not going to do anything to prepare in those seven years of plenty, you know, and how it's all going to be wasted. Don't worry about that. Pharaoh, just take my hand right now. Don't worry about the famine in those last seven years and how it's going to destroy all of Egypt. Don't worry about that, Pharaoh. Pharaoh, just take my hand right now and let me guide, guide your troubled thoughts to a safe harbor. Let me take you to a place of shelter. Let me take you to a place of protection and in this time of great storm in your life. Come with me now, Pharaoh, and let me lead you from your worries to a place of great peace and assurance. This is what he's doing in verse 28 when he says and repeats, as he emphasizes the repeating to him, this is the thing which I've spoken unto Pharaoh. What God is about to do, he showeth unto Pharaoh, in verse 28. So when Joseph says this to Pharaoh, Joseph is saying to Pharaoh, Pharaoh, this is the point I want you to stay your thoughts on, to let all your other fears, just don't think about that, just think about this. Pharaoh, Great peace will come to you if you don't think about the plenty and you don't think about the famine, but you just think about God's intention here. What's God's intention? Pharaoh, this is what I told you in the beginning in verse 25. Verse 25. God has showed Pharaoh what he's about to do. Now, Pharaoh, I'm bringing you back to this same point. It's like a pole 
that you can stay yourself on. That's why I'm saying to you now in verse 28, verse 28, this is the thing which I have spoken unto Pharaoh, what God is about to do, he showeth unto Pharaoh. Pharaoh, just think of how much God loves you and how much God is for you to show you what he is about to do. Pharaoh, can you join me now? and just thanking God for showing you what he's about to do. Pharaoh, can you join me in praising and worshiping God for showing you what he's about to do? So when Joseph says in verse 28, this is the thing which I have spoken unto you, what God is about to do, he showeth it to Pharaoh. It was like Pharaoh, with all this information, was like on a stagecoach, and the horses were running wild. You've all seen those movies, you know. (laughs) And Pharaoh, he couldn't control his thoughts, You know, they're like the horses and the runaway stagecoach. And so when Joseph comes in verse 28, it's like Joseph has climbed up onto the driver's seat of Pharaoh's runaway stagecoach and grabbed the reins of all those those horses that are out of the fears and the the troubled thoughts, and he brings them under control. And he does it by causing Pharaoh to focus his thoughts on God alone and and not on what was going to happen. So what Joseph is doing here with Pharaoh was spoken by Isaiah in Isaiah 26.3, Isaiah 26.3. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. He goes on to say, trust you in the Lord Jehovah. So Joseph is saying to Pharaoh, Pharaoh, stay your mind on God. On the love of God for showing you what he's about to do. Pharaoh, Just meditate on the fact that God didn't have to show you what is going to happen. It could have caught you all by surprise, but he did show you so that you can be saved and your country can be saved from this coming famine. Pharaoh, as you stay your thoughts on the love of God for showing you what he's about to do, then now let your heart now trust in God, and then you're going to find the perfect peace that I say from Isaiah 26.3. Now, in verse 28, Joseph here again is a lesson for us, another lesson for us. When we're like Pharaoh and we're troubled with bad prospects for the future, like a three-year-old kid that has leukemia, and it's the, that's the time for our thoughts to be on God and to trust in him and find that perfect peace. You know, last Thursday, we were driving through Los Angeles and we were in Pasadena, and I passed a store, and I did a double take on the sign, you know, and the name of the store was, It's All About You. <laughs> What's the name of the store? It's All About You. Now, I didn't want to go into that store. <laughs> it's All About You. I want to go, and then I started like, where's the store? It's All About God. <laughs> but the problem is, is that we so easily wander into the store, it's all about you, like Pharaoh did. And we need our heavenly Joseph, that's the Holy Spirit, to come into the store where we are, it's all about you, and take us by the hand and pull us out of that store and send us into the store, it's all about God. Because when we're in the store called, it's all about you, then our heavenly Joseph says to us the words of verse 28, this is the thing which I have spoken unto you already, (laughs) again. (laughs) And we apologize and we leave the store, it's all about you. And then we go in the store, it's all about God. So in verse, you probably think I'm crazy, right? <laughs> Just make it, <laughs> doesn't matter. In verse 28, Joseph is called Pharaoh to see. To see Romans 
what shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? That's what he wants Pharaoh to see. Pharaoh, can't you see that God is for you because he's showing you what he's about to do? It's not going to catch you by surprise. So the lesson we learn from Joseph in verse 28 is to focus the lost and sometimes ourselves on the love of God as seen in the cross. As seen in the cross from John 15, 13. John 15, 13, where it says, John 15, 13, greater love hath no man than this, that a man should, should lay down his life for his friends. Now, in verse 28, Joseph has prepared Pharaoh for all the bad news that will be coming by telling him that God loved him to forewarn him. Don't worry, Pharaoh. There's going to be a good outcome out of this. That's what God wants. And now in verses 29 through 31, Joseph is emphasizing how bad the famine's really going to be. It's going to be really bad. I mean, it's going to be so bad that everyone is going to forget all the good years of plenty because the famine's going to destroy the whole land of Egypt. That's very disturbing. Now, this is a great fear for Egypt. Egypt understands this fear. Why? Because when you think about the amount of rainfall that San Diego gets, you know what the average rainfall is per year here? About 10 inches. About 10 inches. Everybody knows that. About 10 inches, right? San Diego. It's pretty low rainfall. That's what we get here. You know what the average rainfall is in Egypt? About one inch. About one inch, okay. 10 times less. And so Egypt does not predict their harvest by looking up at the sky. (laughs) Egypt predicts their harvest by looking down at the Nile River. And it's all based on the level of the Nile River. That's how they predict their harvest. So again, very disturbing to Pharaoh when Joseph says in verse 32, in verse 32, for that the dream was doubled unto Pharaoh twice because the thing is established by God and it will shortly bring it to pass. God will shortly bring it to pass. Now, what, you want to, what we want to notice here is notice how many times Joseph has emphasized this concept to Pharaoh that it was unto Pharaoh, that it was to Pharaoh, that it was for Pharaoh. See, in verse 32, the dream was doubled unto Pharaoh. In verse 28, he showeth unto Pharaoh. In, in verse 25, God has showed Pharaoh. I mean, all this emphasis that Joseph is saying to Pharaoh is just how God is not just speaking generally to the world, but God is speaking specifically to you, Pharaoh, to you, unto Pharaoh, unto Pharaoh. And this is the same thing as when the Lord Jesus Christ says in John 6.33, in John 6.33, it's the spirit that quickeneth, that makes alive. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So this is really encouraging that Joseph is encouraging Pharaoh by showing him, Pharaoh, your dreams were God speaking just to you. Be encouraged, Pharaoh. And there's again, there's a lesson from Joseph from verse 32. When we read the Bible, when we read the Bible, we should really be looking and, and waiting and listening for the personal word that God's going to speak to us. And that posture of looking and waiting and listening is given to us in Proverbs 8.33. Proverbs 8.33 says, Hear instruction, be wise, refuse it not. Blessed is the man that heareth me, watching daily at my doors, waiting 
at the posts of my doors. Watching daily at my gates. For whosoever findeth me findeth life and shall obtain favor of the Lord. What a picture. Great picture of hearing God by watching at his gates and waiting at the posts of his doors. It's a picture of us where we're reading the Bible and we're seeking, we're patiently waiting. We really want God to speak something to us personally in our daily devotion times with God. And when God does speak to us, then we need to remember Joseph saying to Pharaoh, it was to you that God showed what he's about to do. So like Pharaoh, we should, be, we should walk away greatly encouraged that the Almighty God cared enough about me to speak to me directly through his word. Praise the Lord. So we've seen how Joseph had prepared Pharaoh for all this bad news of the coming devastating famine by encouraging him to trust in the love of God who warned him in advance. And now the danger that Pharaoh might face is to not do anything, to just just say, well, okay, yeah, it's interesting. You know, the, the, the danger is Isaiah 56, 12. Isaiah 56, 12 says, come ye, say they, I will fetch wine and we will fill ourselves with strong drink. For tomorrow shall be as this day and much more abundant. That's a danger. That's a big danger. And that's the danger that Pharaoh would say, tomorrow shall be as this day. He didn't see any famine. In fact, he's about to see some great plenty. And the da- that's a danger is that we see in the lives of the lost today. The lives of the lost. The lost, we, the lost for the most part, the lost that we encounter in America's finest city, San Diego, they have this fatal attitude of Isaiah 56, 12. Tomorrow shall be as this day. But, but that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches in Hebrews 9, 26 that there is a day coming and it's appointed unto men once to die and after that, the judgment. And right after the fall, God said to man in Genesis three nineteen, Genesis three nineteen, he says, in the sweat of thy face, shall thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. And then it says in 2 Samuel 14, 14, 2 Samuel 14, 14, we must needs die as water spilt on the ground, which cannot be gathered up again. Neither doth God respect any person. Therefore, to keep Pharaoh from doing nothing, Joseph jumps right in and he says to Pharaoh in verse 33, in verse 33, now therefore let Pharaoh look out a man discreet and wise and set him over the land of Egypt. So all we see here is Joseph continuing in this same very frank tone, very straightforward, and he gives Pharaoh what he must do now with this information. I mean, the last thing that Joseph has told Pharaoh was that the famine was going to be really, really bad and it was going to consume the land. Very disturbing. So now Joseph is very quick to step in with a very significant words in verse 33. Now, therefore, now, therefore. And he's giving some very specific advice to Pharaoh and Egypt of how they could be saved from this terrible coming famine. And so now he's going to tell Pharaoh the now therefore plan. Here's the now therefore plan, Pharaoh. And and so here, another lesson from the life of Joseph. By stepping in with the 
now therefore plan. Joseph is showing what a true prophet of God is. A true prophet of God, he not only predicts the future as Joseph did, but then he transitions to be a helpful advisor, tell him what he should do. And he points out specific ways for him to be rescued from this coming disaster. So the words in verse 33, now therefore, that's essentially the words of the gospel. The gospel. See, the Lord Jesus, he spoke a lot about hell, but it was always, when he spoke about hell, it was always with the now therefore. Now therefore, you know, the specific way to escape hell. As he said in Luke 13, 3, Luke 13, 3, except ye repent, you shall all likewise perish. He's talked about perish, but he says there's an escape. Repentance. You will, re- you will perish, but repentance is your way of escape. So now Joseph, he tells, he tells Pharaoh what he must do. In verse 33, he says, you must find a person, a very special person who has two very specific qualifications, which he calls discreet and wise. In English, discreet and wise. In Hebrew, bean is discreet. The first word in Hebrew is bean, discreet. What does that mean? Well, always the way to understand what words mean in Hebrew in the Bible is not necessarily go ask an Israeli because that's what you'll get in common day understanding, you know. Look in the Bible for the explanation. And so in 1 Kings 3.9, for other places where it's used, 1 Kings 3.9, it says, 1 Kings 3.9, it uses the word bean. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart. This is Solomon speaking to God. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people that I may discern, bean, that's the word, between good and bad. For who is able to judge this so great thy people. So Solomon now is asking God for bean. He's asking for the ability to discern between the good and the bad. So bean has the meaning of discretion. It's a good word, discreet. It's a discerning. It comes from a Hebrew word that means to separate. To separate. As in being able to separate good from bad. And Solomon showed that he had this bean. He had this great discernment, discretion, when the two prostitutes came to him and they were both arguing that a baby was theirs and so Solomon proposed to cut the baby in half and at that point the real mother says, no, don't do it, let her take it and then he knew that that was the good mother the other was the bad mother. See, that was being, that was separation. So, Joseph has told Pharaoh that the first quality he needs to find in a manager ruler, a manager ruler of the country is this quality of discernment, of being. And the second quality that Joseph told Pharaoh he needs to look for in this manager ruler of the country in verse 33 is wise. Now therefore let Pharaoh look out a man discreet and wise. Set him over the land of Egypt. So wise, that's the the Hebrew word chakam, chakam. And it's translated as cunning. So again, what does it mean? We gotta go look where it's used. Jeremiah 10.9, Jeremiah 10.9. It says silver spread into plates. So now silver is being made into plates. From Tarshish and gold from Uphaz. And the work of the workmen. So the work of the workmen is to make this silver plates, to make these gold plates. That's the work of the workmen. And the hands of the founder. Blue and purple is their clothing. So now we're talking about blue material and purple material being made into beautiful clothing. And then it says, they are all the work of cunning, hakam, men. So this verse 
with explaining all this intricate, fine work of be describing as silver that's skillfully spread into plates and the work of work, that's the work of workmen and the blue and the purple material being described as woven into clothing. It's all skillful work. And it says this is all the work of hakam, men, skillful men. So the two characteristics that Joseph, that Joseph has told Pharaoh he needs to find is discernment and skill. Same things we look for at Scantabodies. <laughs> and this is what Joseph is telling Pharaoh. He needs to find for this work a manager ruler of Egypt, someone with discernment, being, who's, because he's going to have to, this person's going to have to select and choose supervisors, enforcers, accountants under him, many people, and he's got to be able to build his team. And he's got to build his team with good team members, and he's got to be able to discern that's going to be a good team member. It's not going to be a good team member. Build his turn team by discernment, by being. You know, who's going to be trustworthy? Got to discern that. Who's going to be a slacker? Who's going to rest on the couch when he should be out working? Who's going to rest on the couch when no one's there to monitor him? He's got to discern that. He's got to build his team with discernment, being. Which team members to choose who are going to be loyal and they're not going to talk about him or about the government of Egypt behind the back of the ruler, the manager of the country. This means the person has to himself, himself, who he's going to choose here, has got to be a hard worker, not a slacker. He's got to have tremendous loyalty to Pharaoh. Now, to find the quality of a hard worker, Joseph might suggest that Pharaoh look first how long he's held down jobs. He might ask for a resume. And, and what the reason was that he left his previous employments. He might get references from his previous employers. Only don't ask Potiphar's wife. You gotta ask everybody else. <laughs> and, and to find the quality of discernment, Joseph might want to look carefully at the wife of the candidate to see if he showed discernment when he chose his wife as his life team member. And Pharaoh might want to, to, to find out if he's divorced and why he's divorced. Only oh, Joseph might want to advise Pharaoh that first he should check the Egyptian privacy and discrim discrimination laws first. Make sure he can ask those questions. But he, he might want to look carefully at his friends and, and, and of the candidate to see, does he show discernment in the friends that he chooses? Now, encompassed in this characteristic of being is really attitude. It's attitude. I remember Dr. Naramore, Dr. Clyde Naramore's first question in a psychiatric counseling session where he says, before you tell me anything about your problem, I just have one question. Who are you mad at? <laughs> Who are you angry at? Because if a person is angry at someone in life, anger tends to be kind of like a jello. It doesn't get contained into one person. It sort of spreads out over all the areas of life. So if a person who's angry at someone in life it's going to spread into a bad attitude toward people. You know, angry person always says, you're just, he doesn't say it, but inside they're thinking it, you're just like the person they're angry at. So that's no good. So Pharaoh is going to need to find a person who has a good attitude, who has a good attitude and is able to influence others around him with a good attitude. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.com. 
friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional verse. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. Or you can write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E, Santee, California, 92071. Or you can email Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Sunday Night Church is back. Join Friendship with God Bible teacher Tom Cantor at the new Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Join us early each Sunday at 4.30 p.m. for food and fellowship with Sunday evening services to follow at 5.30 p.m. Watch Tom Cantor and the service on YouTube Live, located on the Friendship with God website. Enjoy encouraging teaching from our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, in a relaxed and family-friendly atmosphere. Sunday Night Church is back, so join us at the Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum at 10946 Woodside Avenue North in Santee, California. For more information, call us at 800-247-3051, 1-800-247-3051, or visit friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org for the Friendship with God Fellowship.